Welcome back to The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Vans, the king of shoes, killing shit since 1966, son. Drop that bitch. I'm D Jones. As always, I got my main man, the ghost, with me, and we got Antoine behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Ghost, we are nearing the end of season 17, and we got a banger on our hands for Ep 11. Tell the people what we're working with. Big Ep over here in Studio E. We got none other than the big popper himself, Jake Hayes. You know what I'm saying? One of those dudes that you watch skate. And it's just pure envy, man. Why can't I pop like that? Why can't my flip tricks look like that, for fuck's sakes? But uh, dope to fucking chat it up with JK's. Hype for the people to hear this one. Then we taking y'all straight to the post office, second last week. So get your emails in for next week's season finale. And then, shit, man, the finals are almost set. The Nuggets are waiting for, well, when, when you hear this, you'll know who's going to the finals but hopefully the heat anyways post office rundown it's popping you already know what it is let's get it popping make sure to follow us on instagram at the bunt live subscribe to us on youtube at the bunt hit us up on our patreon patreon.com slash the bunt and then head over to the buntlive.com every episode logged for your listening pleasure and the all new bunt live section ghost the people came through and they came quick your quick strike got gobbled up like turkey on thanksgiving baby and we just want to say thank you to the people man we appreciate all the love and support no doubt man everything's shipping out this week so uh, hopefully it's box season at a theater near you aka your front door thanks for the love yes sir more coming pull up to the bunt gym the Bunt Jam, July 7th and 8th, Toronto, Canada, Dunbat Skate Park. Hit our Instagram to get all the information you need. But we would love to see everybody there. Ghost, last week we were in the building for Minted in Detroit. Got to see the shout out of the week up close and personal. Uh, what are we working with this week, man? Yes, Minted stole the show for us, but there was another dope ass video that dropped last week. So giving it some love this week. And that was gassed up by the nike sb girls they fucking went ham some australia footage nicole haas going crazy as per usual swagging it up in the streets all terrain styles you get me and then she's backed up by the Haley wilsons the aaron lesters the chloe covells of the world man just bangers left right and center awesome video great vibes check it out if you haven't Haley Wilson going ham with the last part too. Big shout out. Got to get her on the pod one of these days. I don't doubt that that's coming soon. But Ghost, we have Jake Hayes in the building. So there's only one thing left to do before we get it popping. We need to place an order from Maker. You can do it 
over the phone or online using your Maker app available on iOS or iTunes or head in store downtown Queen and Spadina, Uptown Avenue Road in Lawrence, Eastside Gerard and Carla. I stopped by there on Thursday, picked up one of those skinny pizzas. I think I ate that thing in 4.9 seconds. It was so goddamn delicious. I think we need to get some more today, man. Damn, my mouth is now watering. I'm looking up their phone number right now. It might be time to pop in. Mm. Skinny pizzas, cheese, sweet, and pepperoni. We suggest buying all three, man, because you're going to eat them. You know you are. Maddie Matheson, tell them what they get when they order Maker Pizza. This is literally the best pizza in the world. All right, ghosts, let's get this interview pop. All right, we've got Jake Hayes in the building. What's going on, man? What's going on? Hot to be on here. Let's get it, man. We start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Oh, my God. Favorite skate moment, probably be the first one that I can think of is Reynolds backside flip, uh, Wallenberg. Big things. Favorite sports Damn. moment? I don't really watch too much sport, I guess. Honestly, I honestly couldn't tell you. It's probably something to do with the Soccer World Cup. Did Argentina just win the World Cup? <laughs> they did. Yeah. Crazy yeah, there you one. Go. Probably that. I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really a big sports guy. Well, if this interview was a few hours later, you could say the Miami Heat beating the Boston Celtics in Game 7, but we'll see Ooh, about that one. <laughs> that might age very poorly. Yeah, we'll see. Let's um, go, Jimmy. Did you play any sports growing up? I played a couple of seasons of soccer, but nothing really too crazy. Kind of got into skating pretty early, and that was kind of it. No crazy highlights from your soccer years? No, nah, nothing at all. Scored a couple goals. That's about it. <laughs> that's, all, that's all the team needed, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Jake, bro, other than soccer, take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up, and how did you get into skating? Um, I grew up in a town called Hoxton Park, which is in the western suburbs of Sydney, Australia. Started skateboarding through my next door neighbours who kind of got into all different types of sports. They started with like rollerblading and scooters and BMX and stuff. Then they found skating. It was kind of a bit of a fad. They kind of hung on to it for a little bit longer, but then, I don't know, I stuck with it and just kind of kept going. That was like 23 years ago or something now. Damn. Damn. OG Crazy. in the game. <laughs> it's been a minute for sure. <laughs> so what would you consider your first big break in the skate industry? How did the, the ball get rolling on your career? Kind of depends. I feel like there's been a couple. Like when I first uh, started skating for DC, I feel like that was a, a pretty big moment. But the actual biggest moment in my career was probably winning Skater of the Year in Australia in 2016. For sure. That was probably the one that did it, I think. Sick. Crazy honor, man. Definitely stoked to have that one. You think that like kind of led to more opportunities in the States and stuff, just having that recognition in Australia? Yeah, I think so. Well, it was kind of around the same time that I actually quit DC and started skating for New Balance and Dickies. And then it was kind of around the same time that, I mean, I was getting Baker boards at the time, but it was kind of going through the transition of getting on Death Wish from getting flowed Baker boards. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, nice. yeah, then, yeah, it was definitely like kind of a, a push in the right direction coming over to America afterwards and then kind of just linking up with the right people that I needed to be skating with at the time. Right. So uh, speaking of that, tell us a bit more about uh, your mindset behind the big move to the States. 
what made you pull the trigger on that and then uh, your boys want to know if you're ever going to move back to Sydney man honestly the the dream for I don't know if it's the same in Canada because you guys are so close to America but the dream for most people outside of the states I feel like is moving to America and being a part of the scene and being a part of the whole culture and everything so that was kind of like the main reason it, it didn't really feel crazy or anything because I'd normally come over here for three months at a time on like a tourist visa and so coming over here and just like kind of staying a bit longer and then longer and longer it didn't really feel like such a crazy move or anything um I definitely had good people on my side to help me through doing all of this kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. and and then I'm definitely planning on moving back to Sydney for sure I don't know when that'll be hopefully in the next couple years I don't know could be 10 years could be five years who knows still got some kickflips to stomp in the states eh I mean, yeah, I feel like there's so much to do in America. There's like, I mean, say Deathwish is like, we want to do a little trip to SF. We want you to go. Like, can't really do that if I'm in Australia, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I'm like kind of worried about moving back to Australia. But I mean, the vibe and the scene is so different. You make it work out there. Yeah, it's more and more common for guys to just kind of stay where they're from. But when you're riding for a brand like Deathwish, you kind of makes it easier in your life to be closer to them, right? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like kind of at the time when I was trying to break into getting a American board sponsor and all of that, it was kind of not really, it felt like it wasn't really possible to do it from a foreign country. Felt like you kind of had mm-hmm. to be in America, be around the whole crew and like get to know everyone, go on the trips, do everything and like just do it the correct way, you know. Whereas now, maybe social media is a little more prevalent, and makes it a little bit more easier for people who aren't in the states to come up through other board companies and stuff you see it all the time now for sure even mm-hmm. your good homie your big bro chima exactly moved back and he's killing it as hard as ever he's honestly the blueprint that's kind of like the the perfect dude to kind of idolize and follow what he's done you know like that's the the perfect game plan exactly and mm-hmm. i feel like him moving back he's lost zero relevancy like he's still front of 100 you know yeah it's really sick and honestly i i feel like he put out his best video part while living back in australia afterwards mm-hmm. after living in america and all that so it's like it gives me hope for sure to like move back to australia and still be able to be a part of everything 100 yeah. percent. y'all got spots for days too man me and donald are dying to find out ourselves no, we're sure, getting yeah. over there man we're gonna make we're gonna what? speak it into existence and and find our way what? over there somehow 100 <laughs> percent. you guys definitely need to do that yeah mm-hmm so how did you get the nod over at Baker to get fully on Deathwish and Shake Junt? And what was the first Baker trip like, man? What was it like being in the van with those guys? So it started with, I was skating at Martin Place one day and then I was actually with Dustin and he hit me, or he, he said to me, he was like, Andrew wants you on the summer tour, his words, not mine. And I was like, Damn. I was like, I was like, wait, uh, actually, actually it was a text I wasn't with Dustin because I was tripping and I was like I don't know like what what he's even talking about you know like I haven't heard of any like summer tour or anything like that this is kind of weird so I hit him up and I was like all right like what like what exactly does this mean and then he said Donut's gonna call you and then he'll figure out like all the the details and all that sort of thing sure enough maybe a week or two goes by Donut calls me give him like all my passport details and everything like that and then so yeah that was kind of like the lead into going on to that baker summer tour in 2015 and then yeah went on the trip with all those dudes and i don't know you've seen all the old interviews of reynolds and stuff of like them talking about 
going on trips and going to demos and like skating the hardest and like really putting on for the people that come out to watch them and like mm-hmm. I don't know just doing your best doing your best on those style trips so it's kind of what I did I just went out there and skated the demos and tried to skate every spot we went to and tried to get down with everyone and be cool and whatever and then yeah I don't know just kind of Andrew called me one day actually and was like his his question was what do you want to get out of skating and I was like Oof. I was like, what am, how am I supposed to answer this? You know, this is like, this is, this is Andrew Reynolds. Uh, this is my f- uh, money, I don't know, a cover. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite skater. And I'm like, he's asking me what I want out of skating. And I was like, you know, I want the chance to be in the van with people. I want to shoot photos. I want to film video parts. I want to like do everything. I want to do everything you can that's involved with being a pro skater. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. We'll like yeah, you know, we've got, like, Rowan and T-Funk, those dudes kind of, like, haven't turned pro yet. We've got to turn them pro. Like, what do you... Do you want to... Do you think you would turn pro before them? Because I'm older, I guess. You know, I'm 31 mm. now, so at the time I was probably 25. And so he was like, do you think you should turn pro before these dudes and all that? And I was like, no, no, like, that's not the case. All I want is a spot in the van and the, you know, the potential to actually make something happen of it. Um, and then he was like, oh, okay, cool, like not really sure like how it's going to work out or whatever whatever and so kind of from the gist of the phone call it was like a no you know like it was you're not gonna you're not gonna ride for baker we've got too many people it's just kind of not gonna work out and then um i actually texted dane berman and i was like i'm tripping you know like kind of just got so let down i'm so bummed this is what i've always wanted is to skate for baker and then um he's like you just got to stick it out you just got to keep wearing baker shit keep skating baker boards and just make it like a kind of a uh, a note to them as like that they can't not put you on you know right and mm. so in my head I was like yeah that's cool and all but at the same time like if Reynolds calls you and tells you you're not getting on Baker you should probably just take the message and like kind of <laughs> that, that that's it you know <clears throat> and so I texted him and I was like can I ride for Deathwish and uh, he kind of just texts back he's like let me ask let me ask some people and so he spoke to some of the dudes and then 10, 15 minutes later, he was like, yep, talk to Jay Thorpe and you got, you'll, he'll sort you out with boards and all that. Wow, so I was like, all right. Yeah, and then literally maybe a week later, I shot my Welcome to the Team ad with Atiba and that was like, you know, it's like some dream come true type yeah, of shit. Yeah, that's the insane Cali dream right there. For sure. Wow, that's incredible. Had you thought about riding for Deathwish ever before or was it kind of like a pivot on the spot? No, I actually had because... Um, when I was coming over to America, when I first got on Dickies, Joe Face was skating a lot with Neen. And so I'd be skating with Neen a lot because of the Joe Face connection. And, you know, we talked and he, he was like, yeah, if that, like, if that ever comes up, I'd be more than happy to put your, like, put your name in the hat and, like, you know, give you the go-ahead and all that sort of thing. And then I kind of knew Lizard as well at the time because he spent a bit of time in Australia and we skated together out there. So... I like definitely had the the connection there and it, at the time like when I thought about it and was speaking to Reynolds it kind of like clicked that it made more sense anyway because you know Baker had at the time like 22 people on the team or something and it's still oh, stacked yeah and so and so like it just kind of made more sense for me to be on a smaller team with less people and like I don't know I'm a bit of a a, a social hermit too so it's hard to be around like big groups of people oh it worked out perfectly then yeah I'm like stoked it couldn't couldn't have worked out better for sure yeah, fast forward what, six years, still shredding for Deathwish. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Definitely love doing what 
what they want and like being around them and like having Baker boys to go to and like that sort of thing you know it's like such a good environment to be around yeah you're mm-hmm. still kind of part of all the same family too so it's like that's the whole thing is like Andrew always tries to to mesh Baker and Deathwish together with like videos and trips and stuff like that so like you're doing mm-hmm. the same shit anyway you know yeah same boards same everything it's it's perfect hell yeah so switching lanes a little bit we heard from pretty much all your friends whose contacts you sent me all say you have a fucked up diet you have a fear of fruits and vegetables and that you barely even drink water that's so funny <laughs> that's that is true i wouldn't say it's like a, a fucked up diet maybe not so much anymore <laughs> but ba- back in the day like going out skating i could definitely smash mcdonald's three day uh, three meals a day for sure oh. breakfast lunch Ooh. and dinner <laughs> but but australian so mcdonald's is it, australian mcdonald's is different from american mcdonald's i don't know what it's like in canada but it's almost yes. gourmet in Australia. It's gourmet? Yeah. What? Okay. Almost. Yeah, they'll serve, they'll serve that shit on a little chopping board and the fries come in like a little mini deep fryer and stuff. It's like, <laughs> it's gourmet. Presentation, baby. Yeah, exactly. It counts. And what about now? You're eating a little bit better now in your older Definitely years? a little bit better now. I think that uh, the thing that helped the most was actually going on trips and then you like go out to dinner with people. And the last thing I, mm-hmm. I want to do is like, be the dude who's like yeah can i just get like a steak and fries with like no nothing you know yeah yeah. yeah. and then so like i don't want to be that dude especially going on a trip with all these people i don't know and i don't want them to be like this dude's a fucking weirdo you know <laughs> so <laughs> that's that and like i mean i started going on trips when i was like 20 or something so from then to i guess now it's just always been that's been my time to like experiment with food and shit mm-hmm. like experiment meaning like an orange and like some celery or what are we talking no about? i mean like i went on it I went on a New Balance trip and ate a, a tuna salad. We went to Spain. I had no idea what I was. I, I had no idea what I was ordering. I thought it was chicken, a chicken salad, and I was like, "All right, well, at that point, I can just eat like the lettuce and the chicken or whatever, and I'll be fine." But I got it, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like same sort of same sort of deal. Like on a big trip with all these dudes, and I'm like, "I'm not just gonna like not eat this food right now," you know? Did you like it? So, no, I was not into it at all. I can't stand seafood. Still to this day, I don't want any seafood. Oh, uh, yeah. Bro, that's like the mellowest thing. I like that. That's like a big experiment for you, tuna salad. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just always been like a pretty plain eater. My mom's kind of similar too. And so, they're like, seriously, I don't, th- I don't even know how many people have told this, but like when I was a kid, my dad would put like one night, it would be one pea on the plate. And then the next night it'd be two peas on the plate. The next night it's three peas on the plate. Just be, just to get me to try and eat it. But I think it was a failed effort. Wow. Well, you just told that's thousands of people. Man. So that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's all good. <laughs> What's uh, the most out there thing that you've tried on a trip and ended up liking, man? Uh, I don't know about liking, but we went on a, a trip to China <laughs> one time and we actually ended up at a, a Japanese teppanyaki restaurant, which is kind of random. But... Um, we had like ox tongue and I was like, this is, I mean, it's not, it wasn't that bad because it's kind of just like chewy meat, but mm-hmm. I think it's more the thought of knowing what you're actually eating, you know, like this is yeah, a the name of, of it. an animal. Yeah. That's, but, that's good, man. Yeah, I don't know. Explorer in these days. I know. I'm not, not too, not too much of an explorer in that way. Dane said to ask you about the time you tried fruit in China. The time I tried fruit in China. I can't even remember what, what that is. Um, did you get super sick in China or something? I did get super sick in China, but I, that wasn't from eating fruit, I don't think. That was from, I think it was just some type of food poisoning. Oh, shit. Mm. But it like, I mean, this was, had to have been 
seven or eight years ago or nine years ago or something now. And I imagine it felt like what the gnarly like COVID felt like, like my throat felt like I was swallowing razor blades. And it was like, it was, it was so gnarly. Like it was the gnarliest sickness, like sweating the bed out and like couldn't do anything. And then, uh, I was rooming with Matt Miller at the time. And he was like, you, you got to go to the hospital, bro. Like you got to go right now. So like one in the morning went to the hospital they put me on a drip till like three and then the next day i was pretty much perfectly fine went to the great wall of china and like hiked it and shit damn damn yeah it was super weird matt miller saved the day matt miller did save the day and that's like on more than uh one occasion for sure that's who i lived with when i first moved to america so he like really helped me out hell yeah shout out to matt miller and i I saw that post looks like he got uh Shane, uh, his house or something. That was pretty funny. Yeah. So sick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, he's a he's a straight up G and definitely shout out to Miller. Hell yeah. Legend. Can you tell us about the day you broke the world record for the highest ollie? We heard you weren't exactly in peak form at the time. No, well, I mean, another time I sound like just like a little sick kid, but I was, <laughs> I was sick. <laughs> I was sick for like a week beforehand and... Uh, it was one of those things like Eric Bragg was running it through ETN and uh, mm. it's kind of one of those things where I was just like, oh yeah, like, I don't know. I'm not really that into the whole idea. I don't do, I don't do contests or anything. I don't like crowds of people, whatever. Um, but I was like, fuck it. You know what? I'll just, I'll go. I'm just ollieing over this fucking thing. It's fine. Went to Baker Boys, ollied over. They have like one of those big industrial fans, like the big circles. Mm-hmm. Put like a, a shoe on top of that with a cup in, inside of it ollied over that a couple times the like the day of and then went to the contest and then yeah somehow tied for first place or whatever tied for the record damn so <laughs> that's so sick yeah i don't know it was it was wild yeah like not really any skating for the week leading up to it just a couple ollies yeah for sure at, at baker boys so i'm stoked it worked out though fresh legs man Sort of. So what was it, Danny Wainwright's record? Is that who has the who had the record before? No, it was uh, Aldrin Garcia. Oh, I remember that dude. But yeah, the dude skated for Powell. I think he Powell, had a part yeah. in that fun video. He does like massive hard flips and he has huge pop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he can ollie super high, like kind of contort his body all crazy. Hmm. Damn. So the record's still holding. I think so, but I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if someone's ollied higher than that in real life without like kind of measuring it or anything you know like it's hard to tell like <laughs> mm-hmm. there's so many spots where you see people like ollie up seven or eight stairs or something and i'm like that's probably higher than the record but <laughs> not I, I don't know who knows yeah yeah don't tell them that's pretty g <laughs> yeah for sure i'll take it for as long as i can <laughs> yeah so when most tourists pull up to australia they probably want to see a kangaroo i know i would uh, at some point during their trip. Can you tell us about the time you had some guests with you and a kangaroo just jumped on your car out of nowhere? Yeah, we, we, were, in a, we were in the capital of Australia, which is Canberra, and we were driving from... I can't remember if it was... I think we were driving back to our hotel from a spot, and it was kind of like dusk time. You know, they're kind of like deer. And uh, so we were driving, and then like kind of out of nowhere, I see a kangaroo kind of bouncing the same speed as us and it's right next to the car so i slam on the brakes and it hits the front quarter panel of the car flips over the car or whatever and then it kind of bounces off into the into the brush (laughs) and like at at this point i'd had this car for a week 
And oh. so I'm so bummed. Like the car wasn't written off or anything. It was literally just the front quarter panel and the, the side mirror was broken. But I was with, do you remember Kurt Winter? Hell yeah. The homie he, Switch yeah, back, he used to skate for, triple. yeah, he used to skate for hype and all that. Um, yeah, he was in the car and my homie Marty and I think possibly Jack Crook. Do you remember him? Mm, sounds familiar. He won those S Game Escape battles or whatever they were in Australia and he came over to America and did all that thing and then like he was he was really well known in Australia but um yeah we were all in the car and we were tripping so hard <laughs> but it was definitely like sad to drive through the next day and see the kangaroo dead on the side oh, of the road I felt so bad yeah, that's sad. it was just like I mean but it, it is life it, it does happen and kind of can't really avoid it sometimes just glad everyone was safe damn Cubascape are excited to work with sustainability partners in their ongoing mission to protect Cuba's shorelines. In partnership with on-the-ground cooperatives in Cuba, their goal is to collect enough waste to build the world's first-ever recycled plastic skate park. By enriching their participants with life skills, they are giving a new generation of leaders the tools to pursue skateboarding and to tackle everyday challenges in their lives. CHPO are proud to release a collaboration together with Cubascape and Samantha Nevera's 100% of the profits are donated to Cubiscate and their amazing work. Get yours at chpobrand.com and in your favorite skate shop. CHPO brand, always doing it for the people. So we hear you used to have a Carrie Getz-like temper where you might go so ham that your trucks could even get focused your clothing and everything to the point where you're almost naked by the end of it. Word is you've mellowed out though. Tell us about the old you and how you were able to tone it down over time, man. I do love that you use the word used and that whoever told you to ask this question knows that it had, it doesn't happen as much anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it stemmed from. It kind of just like in my head, it always felt like it was something where like, I guess another ego thing where I felt like I should be, good enough to a certain point to like do the tricks I was trying within a certain amount of time you know stupid shit that, mm-hmm. you, that you think like oh, I'm just kick flipping a gap I can fucking kick flip every try on flat I should be able to just kick flip this gap it's the same thing but when it doesn't go your way like I mean I would fucking freak out within two or three goes of not getting the trick and then um, yeah. I don't know I feel like maybe there was outside factors that kind of contributed to it maybe I wasn't in the best relationships at the time and I think that my homies would probably tell you that too but um, I don't know I think obviously you can't blame someone else for your own shortcomings or anything but I, feel, I, I don't know I was just kind of a freak Just there's a lot of footage out there too of like of me freaking out for sure I'd definitely rip t-shirts rip the tongues out of my shoes throw them on the roof Damn. yeah like I don't know definitely go for a full meltdown but <clears throat> I don't know. Just like maybe I've gotten to a point in my life now where I don't really need to stress as hard to get what I want in the way of like I turned pro and I'm like doing what I always wanted to do, you know? So like there's not really that stress of like trying to make that happen anymore. And Mm -hmm. I think also I'm just kind of in a, I'm in a good place with like my relationship and like all outside factors of like my life are doing pretty good at the moment. So there's no real need to like stress, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. It also seems like something that a lot of people just grow out of a little bit, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely just, like, I don't know, I got older and, I don't know, I don't really need to be acting like that. And then I see people do it, like, at, yeah. the, at the skate park or something, and I'm like, fuck, like, that was me. Like, I'd be fucking freaking out at the <laughs> skate park, and, like, that's actually the worst shit, is fr- someone freaking out mm. at the skate park, and I was 100% that dude. So it's, like, a nice little, like, I don't know, reality check when I do see it, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, yeah, you definitely can't go back to being like that, you know? Yeah, there's a time and a place for a little freak out, you know what I mean? But yeah. for the most part, it's nice to, to keep it calm. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong, the freak outs definitely still happen. I'm definitely not trying to take that away because <laughs> I'm definitely still, like, they'll happen from time to time. But <clears throat> yeah, definitely definitely nowhere near as, as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my theory's always been, it's not like always accurate, but um, there's definitely, I feel like, a correlation. The better the skater, the gnarlier the freak outs can potentially be just because you have such a higher level of expectation for yourself so when you have an off day for whatever reason it's just you're more likely to snap i find yeah for sure it can really take you down a peg and then like again i keep going back to it but it's it sounds super egotistical but it's just your ego like getting in the way of like you not every day you're going to be able to do everything every try or be the best at what you do you know it's like i think Mm -hmm. that's that's another thing of just kind of understanding that as i've gotten older like it's okay it's actually all good to go out and have a shit day skating and not film a trick you know like it's all good 100 percent. so having multiple hobbies can definitely help find a healthy balance with skating probably even more so when skating's your job we hear you're a bmw guy and that you love working on them yourself tell us a bit about the balance you found between working on cars and skating so my dad was he always built cars growing up and I, I never really got into it at all but I don't know I, I was living with Jay Thorpe at the time during COVID and he's the Deathwish team manager and um he's really big into like the old Honda scene with like EG Civic hatchbacks and stuff like that and so he was helping me try and find a car at the time and he was like why don't you get this it's a E30 and I was like all right like yeah we can go look at it I don't really know what I want I don't really give a shit but because we'd been in COVID, nothing was going on. He was like kind of talking to me more about like cars and we would start watching like drag racing videos and shit like that. And I was like, all right, like maybe I could kind of lean into this a little bit and see kind of what it's all about. Got the E30 and I got an E30 because of a shod because one of the first times like one of the first times I came to America, I was awake at like three in the morning and so was he for some reason because I had jet lag. It was the night I got in and... He was like, you want to go get some donuts? And I was like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Like, had, hadn't, met, hadn't met a shot. I was so stoked to just hang out with a shot, you know. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's go get donuts. Mm-hmm. Took me for a ride in the E30. And the main thing that got me was the whole center console is kind of like shifted towards the driver. So the driver's kind of in their own little like mm. command unit, you know. And I really, yeah. mm-hmm. I re- and then obviously like old uh, 30-year-old car, like leather smell and shit like that. You know, it's just like, kind yeah. of unbeatable and so that's the reason why I picked the E30 because I really liked that experience I was like this is fucking sick and so ended up getting the E30 and yeah it all kind of just started from there I'm still not really like doing too much work on my car because it's the only car I have and so I'm not trying to like pull it apart and it be in the driveway and just have no car to drive you know yeah unusable exactly so maybe once I get kind of a, a daily driver car might be a little more inclined to like really pull it apart and try and figure out how to do some shit plus like when i have kids i want to be able to like help them out with doing shit like that too you know if that's what they get into Mm -hmm. 
Hell yeah. Love that. I gotta look into those, man. That sounds so sick with the console facing you. Yeah, like, they're actually, like, so fun to drive to. There's, like, nothing better than trying to make a slow car go fast, I feel. Like, it's such a, <laughs> it's, it's such a good experience, you know? It's, like, so different from, like, a Lamborghini or something like that. Mm-hmm. Takes the work. Exactly. So... You did an Arto Sari tribute line in front of Arto Sari in Sydney, man. What's the story there? So <clears throat> they were out there. There was a Volcom trip, and they were all out there on that. And I don't know if I'd kind of planned to do this line before or if it was something that kind of was sparked on the spot. But um, it was just like a, a fakey flip on flat, and then I switch flipped the, the 10 stair or whatever, the one that Chima always skates. And... Um, mm. I was still on DC at the time as well. And so, you know, we were kind of just all skating, filmed the line with George. And later that night it started raining. We were still in the city and Dane called me because he was on Volcom at the time and he was with those guys. He called me and he's like, hey, Arto was talking about you and he said that, like, he wants you to ride for New Balance. And this is kind of, you know, New Balance is, still, New Balance is still pretty fresh. And so, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of another one of those things where, like, it's too good to be true. Dane's just kind of like talking me up, like DC's kind of yeah. whack, and like he's just like, I don't know, trying to trying to get something going. You know, it's like hard to believe. And then, sure enough, go out skating with those dudes again, and Arto kind of like pulls me to the side, and he's like, "What do you What are you feeling? Like, how do you How do you feel about New Balance and shit?" And I was like, "Honestly, like if you're telling me to do it, like I will do it right now. You know, like I'm <laughs> I'm so down for sure. Like I'm yeah." more than happy to entertain this option and do this because I mean Arto's one of the greats if Arto tells you to you're do Arto. it you, you should probably yeah. do it you know mm-hmm. so that was kind of how that happened and it wasn't like a I don't think it was directly like I'm going to do an Arto Sari style line in front of Arto you know <laughs> it was more just oh, okay. like yeah. it was more just like this is what I want to do and like those dudes are here it's a good vibe everyone's skating like let's just film something you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for for guys around our age, you're a little younger than us, but uh, Arto's like a god. So like, if he's Straight saying up. anything, you're listening. For I sure. mean, yeah, he, he was the the first video part I ever saw, so definitely has like a big influence, and that's another reason. Like, yeah, of course, you want me to do that? Let's let's do this. Yeah, <laughs> which video part? Uh, Manic Marty. Hell yeah! Yeah, so first, sick. First full length I ever saw. That video could come out today and just be an instant classic again, especially. It'd be even part. better. Yeah. Someone said that the other day and I was like, one hundred percent agree with you. Everyone's mm-hmm. parts are still so like mind blowing. Yeah, a lot of all time greats in that video. Exactly. So we hear you're quite the deck collector from that kind of era that we we're just talking about. Early two thousands ish. Yeah. Uh, late nineties. What's your most prized possession these days on the board wall? Most prized possession isn't on the board wall. It's in a box in a storage unit. Um, along with pretty much all of my other boards too, because a lot of them I'm kind of too scared to hang up. <laughs> the one I the one I really like the most is the Andrew Reynolds birdhouse. The the creep kind of coming b- behind the door. The fluoro green one. Mm. I can't remember what Sick. it's called, but I don't know. Always loved Goosebumps as a kid. I've definitely seen that board in magazines of people skating it and shit, you know. And so like, as soon as I started collecting boards that was the one you know that's the grail i want to find that one and then i'll be happy once i have that and so i got it and then the collecting kind of slowed down a little bit so dude that's sick though so you you started collecting way later you didn't keep anything from 
actually when they were coming out like this no. is all been researched yeah, it was, later it was uh Damn. i like completely fucked my my leg at woodward and so i was kind of out for it was almost a year and so i had nothing to do and i was kind of just like i don't really know what's going on and so i like yeah just got into it started talking to some homies that were from back home who are into collecting boards and they kind of told me the places to look and that was it It just started from there was, yeah what's a board like that cost like 20 something years later and where do you even find it ebay i mean yeah you can go ebay offer up facebook marketplace that's kind of like mm. the main ones that i go to but i feel like there's other ones that you could really dive in and and do it but the the collector scene is it's pretty it's a pretty tight-knit group you know like a lot of people sell boards to each other and they know each other from previous transactions Mm. and shit like that so it's kind of like a a little circle that you kind of have to get into but those like community yeah exactly those those birdhouse boards and old like flip boards and shit like that like i swear i've seen some sell for like 1500 bucks and shit damn yeah like old kerchart boards and like I don't know. Yeah, they're all like pretty crazy. I mean, they're all like screened the OG way and stuff like that. They're like, I understand. Mm-hmm. They're, they're definitely art pieces at this point. And the fact that they've like made it twenty years is like pretty crazy. That someone didn't skate that board. That's yeah. fucking. That's the hardest thing to believe. Exactly. Is there a like, board out there that you want that you haven't been able to get yet? Um, honestly, just kind of any of those birdhouse boards from like the end era. So like the the Gravedigger mm. Kerchart board or like the. I don't know if you guys remember. It's like an orange cat that's like head is exploding. It's a um, another Kerchart birdhouse board. It's kind of just those those style, you know. Cool era for sure, man. Definitely. So Sunday hardware trip to China. You and the crew end up getting locked up. One of the scariest things we can imagine is going to jail. Period. But even worse in a foreign country. <laughs> What's the story on this one, man? Dude, that shit was so scary. So we flew over there <laughs> to hell. we flew over there to um, just go on a homie trip. Obviously, staying at a homie's house, and because we knew someone over there. And when you go to China, you stay in a hotel most of the time. Obviously, most people aren't staying at friends' houses and shit. So you go to the hotel, and they like they swipe your passport or whatever. They put it through the computer, and that notifies whoever. I don't know if it's the customs or if it's the police or whoever that notifies them of where you're staying and that's your location you know so obviously we didn't do that and we're skating at those you know those big red volcano things underneath that like it kind of looks like the eiffel tower big volcano that dane did the nose pick on the light in the zero video i don't know it's just a big red quarter pipe that people skate Mm. and uh okay we're skating there and then cops come they kick us out and whatever and we're like all right we'll leave, whatever. Went to the next spot, didn't think anything of it. The next morning, I wake up first, I'm just chilling in this house where there's, like, bodies everywhere, you know? There's eight of us sleeping on the floor on, like, cold tiles and, like, blow-up mattresses and just shit everywhere. I'm awake, hear a knock on the door, and so I open up the door and there's literally 20 police officers and, like, three or four people in, like, suits. And then they walk in and they start, like, you know, walking and shaking their hand and just walk into the house. And I was like this isn't good you know i don't know what the fuck's happening right now but this should this shouldn't be happening oh my god so i ran into the homies room and i was like hey man like there's literally 20 cops in the lounge room right now i don't know if like you'd be able to come and help us because he spoke mandarin too so he's he was in like mm. spoke english and mandarin and so he was like 
you're tripping. There's no way. I'd stop fucking stop fucking around. So what, he walks out there and he's like, oh, shit. And he starts yelling at him, like, get the fuck out of my house. What the fuck are you doing in here? You know, like, get the fuck out. And they're all like, no, like, no, we're, we're staying here. And a couple of them get GoPros out, you know, they're filming all of us and, like, what's going on. And uh, they end up taking us to the police station. They have the whole road blocked off, put us all in a van and take us to the police station. And so... <laughs> We're all tripping. We have no idea what to do. We're all texting our girlfriends and shit and being like, hey, like, this is what's happening. This is my location. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. So we get to the police station. They make us give them our passport and our phones. So they're like, you know, we're like, oh, shit, they're going to be going through our phones and stuff like this. They give us our phones back and they're like, put down the passcode for your phone so we can go into it. And then, oh, hell no. damn. So at this point, people are like, oh shit, deleting Instagram, deleting photos out of their camera roll, all sorts of shit in case they go through it and see like something incriminating that might not go down too well in China, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, yeah, they take our phones, everything. We're sitting on this bench seat in front of these like jail cells for, had to have been about seven or eight hours, just seriously sitting there, waiting, not knowing what is happening because obviously we don't speak the language. And. They uh, they did a DNA test, like swabbed our mouth, took mug shots and did our fingerprints, Ooh. did all of this shit and come to find out it was literally them just logging us in as if we stayed in a hotel. Because, <laughs> oh because, we, didn't, because we didn't get our passport scanned, you're supposed to go to the police station within 24 hours of your arrival into China. And so oh, that's, that's essentially what they were doing was just logging us all in. But the problem was the dude that we were staying with has a business in China. And so they were under the impression that we flew to China to work for him and we were working there illegally for him. Oh, fuck So it was like hell. this huge mix up. And then like, you know, we're like, we don't know anything. We don't know anything that's happening. And we're kind of just like mm-hmm. freaking out. But like 2020 hindsight, it was a very chill situation but at the time like I was but you just don't know exactly yeah I was actually like shitting myself I was tripping so hard <laughs> <laughs> what was the relief like leaving there when they were like oh Dude. you could go and the worst Dude, part is a fucking party the worst part is is that they kept everyone's phone and passport overnight and so I was the only one who somehow managed to get my phone back and so <clears throat> as we're walking out everyone's like what the fuck like that was fucking crazy just spent nearly nine hours in this fucking police station so everyone is using my phone to call their like ladies or their parents just to be like hey we're all good we're out like whatever but still had to wait like we didn't know what was happening with our passports and phones you know like do we have to Mm -hmm. go back to the police station to get them are they going to come and drop them off surely that sure enough though the next day at like I don't know, probably around the same time 8.30 in the morning or whatever knock on the door stack of passports like here you go done wow and i was just like wow this is a crazy experience for sure yeah that'll shock the system oh yeah that's fucked that's a i feel like jack o'grady had a similar story but didn't they actually end up in jail oh he was there he was there i don't know i don't know if he's been on i don't know if he's been on another trip i mean we all called it jail at the time we were like yeah we were in jail for sure (laughs) that's close enough (laughs) yeah yeah i mean at the time we were like we're we're not going home. I don't know what, like, what is going to happen. So we were in, like, yeah. there were jail cells literally, like, two feet away from our faces across this little, like, mm-hmm. thing. It was, you it was guys sketchy. were probably a couple incriminating photos away from general population, man. Dude, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> definitely had some homies 
go to Colombia on like a, a random like bro trip and just like, you oh, know, Jesus. shit happens in Colombia. I don't know. Like he might not have had anything <laughs> on his phone, but at the same time, like who knows, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> One bad text. Dude, exactly. And then Fuck. did you guys just bounce or? We actually still had another like three or four days there and then like kept going street skating and shit and like, at the same time, I was like, this is kind of fucked. I don't really want to, like, be here anymore. I just kind of want to go home. The last thing I yeah. want to do is go, like, skate these spots out the front of buildings and shit. Like, this is kind of gnarly. But mm-hmm. we stuck it out on, like, kind of the mellow tip and, like, yeah, just kept it going. That's Crazy. a wild one, man. But uh, glad Crazy. y'all got out of there in one piece. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because after that, I was like, I'm never going to China again. Like, I will never go back there purely for how, like, scared I was of that situation. But now I'm not going now that you told me that. No, nah, now I'm like, take me back. I'd love to go again. No, for I can't sure. wait to go back, man. Let's go. It's so good to see. Sounds too scary. Just got to log in, bro. Don't exactly. Worry. <laughs> Make sure you log in at the hotel. <laughs> Jesus. So you've ended fun fact about mr jk's you've ended three video parts with back nose blunts on hubba's this is true um <laughs> can you take us behind the scenes on whichever one might have uh, the funnest story because they're all incredible i would say the funnest one would probably be the lesser known one which is the the one in it was one in sydney it was my ender of a video part from a video by george called treat yourself and the thing is, is that have you have you heard of an a, Australian magazine called Fucking Oath? It's like just kind of a little zine. No, <clears throat> no. Okay, so um, they they ran a photo of remember Luke Croker, dude who used to skate for Crooked. He was from Australia and he uh, skated for Crooked for a while, like actually on the team and shit. But they shot a photo of him posing a back nose blunt on it with Nick Bezzario holding his board up, and it said <laughs> on the top, Sick. "Close enough," and that was the cover. And so I learned back nose blunts. I went to, I came to America and Aunt Travis taught me back nose blunts. And so I was like, that's the one. I want to go to that hubba in Sydney and I'm going to do it on that hubba. And so I tried it, couldn't roll away because it's kind of got short, short roll away straight into a wall sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. couldn't really make it happen. Came back. It was actually George's sister's birthday the night before and I don't really party at all. And so like actually got super wasted and like, was definitely hung over the next day, went skating in the city and he was like, Should we just should we just go try it? And I was like I was like, Yeah, fuck it, why not? Let's go. Tried it, broke my Damn. board. And then I was like, Alright, we're done, like, can't do it. And then the homie came down and he's like, Hey, I have my board, you can try and skate it, whatever, it's the same size, everything, it's all good. Um and then yeah, sure enough, within maybe like another twenty minutes or something, I did it on the homie's board and it was just like I don't know, it was crazy because it ended up being a cover of the Skateboarders Journal. So it's like another magazine. And so like there's both covers now and it's kind of just like, thought it was kind of a cool story at the time. That's that's incredible. You did that so perfectly too. I'm stoked on how it all worked out too. And I I think actually my favorite part of the clip is George hugging me. (laughs) Because I'm like, I don't know, just we went through the battle together and like, I don't know, it just felt like a good time. Oh, my homie George? The one who you asked the questions? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's my dog now, man. Yep. <laughs> Hell yeah. You kickflipped a bump the bar in SF for a cover, but your foot was apparently fucked up at the time. What's the story there? We were filming for Transworld Duets at the time. 
Um, we'd Ooh. made the mission to San Jose to skate with Zach Wallen, who was in the video as well. We, I got hit up and by Mike Burnett, and he was like, hey, like, it'd be sick if you could try and shoot something for a cover, you know, like really lighten the fire. And I was like, actually, sorry, no, let me, let me, re, uh, let me go back. Went skating, skated this gap, tried to do this, or did a nollie flip down this gap. But on one of the bales, I think that uh, my pinky toe landed on the uh, kingpin of my truck and it dislocated and it was oh. completely fucked. Like it was so gnarly. I couldn't do anything, but somehow managed to still do the nollie flip. And the next day I get a text from Mike and he's like, hey, just wondering if like there's any way you could shoot a cover. And I was like, fuck, like I don't fucking know. Like <laughs> I don't know, like my foot's fucked. I don't know if I'm going to be able to like do anything, you know. George, again, had told me about... What's that shit called that, uh, that soccer players use? They spray it on, on their ankles and shit if they get hurt. Like pain away or something like that. It's like some like numbing like icy numbing agent it's like way strong way stronger than like deep heat or voltaren or something like that damn sprayed it on my foot and my foot was completely numb like couldn't feel it at all and so joe joe face and sam muller they were like hey we have this bumper bar we could go check out in i think it's in like the south sf or something like that and then yeah sure enough shot the photo and it ended up on the transor cover instead of thrasher so I don't know. Crazy. I don't really know what happened behind the stories, like behind that or anything like that. But I think more so, it kind of worked out just because we were filming for duets, and mm-hmm. they were kind of trying to aim to have everybody in the video have a cover come out before the video comes out. And so right. it just, uh, yeah, it just so happened to work out for that. Did you guys have last part in that? We did. Yeah, me and Frankie. So y'all closed out Transworld videos, man, because that was the last one. Yeah, and it was uh, definitely kind of a, a big deal at the time, obviously, too, because Joe Face had some type of expectation he felt that he had to uphold, but I don't know at the time how much help he was getting from kind of all aspects, you know, like filming, what is it, like 14 people or something, because everyone is a shared part, so it's at least... Yeah. I don't know, 12 to 14 people, like, getting all those Fuck. dudes to get full parts and, like, having everybody's filmer, like, kind of worked with you to, like, make this happen and just getting music rights and all that shit. Like, I know that he was definitely stressing hard about, like, making that shit as good as possible, you know, for the last one. For sure, yeah, I bet. And then it's us us too. We're all, like, well, I mean, I, myself, I grew up on Transworld videos and so, like, it, I'm not trying to let Transworld down or the skate industry and be like, fuck, like, here's a shit part for the last video, no, you know? Hell no, So, but luckily <laughs> Frankie was in there to make me look better. <laughs> Bro, so King of the Road, I don't know if it was a form of rookie hazing or or what, but not only did you have to drink Neen's piss, but you also had to eat some of his dreads <laughs> as someone who we now know doesn't even like trying a tuna salad. How the hell was that for you, man? How'd they convince you to do it? Honestly, there was no convincing needed. I was um, <laughs> I was supposed to go on a... <laughs> dude, it sounds so crazy, but I was supposed to go on a New Balance trip to South Korea and Hong Kong. And mm-hmm. the King of the Road thing came up. And I think that at the time, me and Foy were both the new dudes on the team. And so they were like, mm-hmm. all right, well, we, we're going to push you guys. We're going to put you guys on King of the Road and like have the OG dudes and you guys be the new guys like kind of 
I guess just looking out for us and kind of give us a little bit more exposure to Thrasher and everything like that. But drinking the piss, that was literally on the first day at the first skate park in New Mexico. And I was like... Oh, my God. I was just like, I don't know... I, no one here in this van is going to volunteer to do this and it's going to be one of those things no. where it ends up being like one of the last challenges after we've been on the road for two weeks people are so beat up they're going to have the most orange piss like and I'm not oh. going to do that oh. like I'm, I'm not fucking <laughs> going to like put my hand up when it's day 14 and be like yeah I'll do it you know <sighs> so I'm like alright let's just let's just get it done it's 150 points or whatever it was like that's me feeling good (laughs) about getting something for the team and being like i'm a team player i did it you know and so yeah the first skate park he went around the went around the building filled up the cup and we got the job done That just casual. It just trips me out because of your food, like not liking to try shit, and then just volunteering for that. But yeah, it's, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it was gonna be then, you or Foy, I guess. One of the new guys was gonna have to do it, right? One hundred percent. So I mean, it was kind of the same thing with the dreadlock. It, it got to the point late in the trip, and we were like, we don't have anything that we've the grossest thing eaten or whatever it was. So like we need to kind of resort to something i'm not going to go eat like dog shit or something like that's kind of drawing the line a little bit like i know i know evan did that but it's i don't know i'm kind of drawing the line there so he was just like why don't we just cut a dreadlock off you can eat that and i was like fuck it i'd been i got hurt too on like the fourth day and so i'm like fuck i'm gonna have to do all like the shit stuff oh, all the stuff no. that no one wants to do you know but fuck yeah. it out. i don't know we, we've seen people like leave king of the road you know in previous years because of it being kind of too gnarly and I'm like I'm not going to be that dude like I want to be the team player and like get down with these dudes because this is like this is the fam essentially so trying to like Mm -hmm. just do my part so eat a little dread hey to to my my credit the dread did have some Kool-Aid on it so some Kool-Aid powder (laughs) (laughs) a little more tasty that makes it better yeah yeah so you mentioned earlier actually like getting the the Reynolds phone call and just that he's your favorite skater and you know trying to get on Baker fast forward things come kind of full circle and you get a text from Reynolds asking to put in a word for you at New Balance man <laughs> what was that like I mean I, I mean obviously it's a crazy experience I don't like I don't I don't really know I, I'm obviously more than stoked to fucking help Reynolds whatever that means like as if my opinion of Reynolds is really going to sway the decision as to whether someone puts Andrew Reynolds on the team, you know, like it's, <laughs> he's, he's done all the work. He's like, everything speaks for itself, obviously. So I think, I think it was just his way of being like, I really want to do this, like kind of, I don't know, like I want to do this and I hope you're down with it. Can you help me? Like, can you just like yeah. talk to them and have my name around the building, you know, coming from multiple people and it just like, it looks better, you know? And like, if mm-hmm. I was in a if I was in a position like that too, I would hope that whoever is at that camp or wherever would do the same thing and you know kind of put in the good word, just like Neen and Lizard and all those dudes did for me when I was trying to get on Death Wish. It's like it's all just kind of like helping everybody out, even though like I don't think I did anything by saying anything. You know, like that's <laughs> like yeah. I'm not on on his level. You know, obviously, like I said, his shit speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's just a funny one from yeah, uh, sure. how it started with him to, to where it ended up. Now you guys are teammates. Pretty beast. Yeah, teammates exactly. Once again. 
exactly. No, I'm, I'm definitely stoked on it. It's like, uh, he's one of the best people to go skate with, you know, he's so motivated and he's like very regimented about what he does. So it's just another excuse to go skate with him. Mm-hmm. Actually, now that we're talking about this, let's try something, Donald. Can you float it around to get Reynolds to come on the pod? <laughs> just just mention how, how chill it was and how much of a breeze it was and maybe one day okay. we'll get the boss on the bunt. I'll definitely I'll definitely put in the good word for you guys. We'll see. I mean, I hope that that happens. That would be fucking wicked. Yeah, I'll definitely like say something to him. Hopefully, maybe he might even listen to it and then he'll just hit you guys up or something. Ooh. Who knows? Now we're talking. That would be sick. <laughs> Any way Let's possible, go. man. Yeah. So what's next for JKs, man? Next would be kind of just, I mean, short term, finishing out the year with hopefully a lot more traveling. About to go on a E30 road trip to Washington. Um, we drive up there once a year and they do like this E30 picnic thing. And like 200, 300 E30s drive from all over the country to this one spot in Washington, in Tacoma. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a big E30 blowout. So I'll probably do that in the next couple of weeks and then hopefully go back to Australia and skate with George and continue filming for this Dickies video that's coming out that's kind of been oh. lingering around for a while, but, you know, trying to work on that slowly but surely. That's Hell yeah. Is Ashad cruising with you with some donuts? No, I wish. He doesn't really do too much of, like, the meetup, like, car meetup scene. I feel like he's got so much shit going on in his life that, like, going and meeting up with, like, a bunch of random dudes in a car park, it probably isn't, like... <laughs> high on his to-do list you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah well that sounds awesome man yo 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 it's rapid fire with the ghost and this week it's an honor to be brought to you by the only wheel that matters spitfire wheels and it's exciting times around here because spitfire just released their all new lock-in full shapes lock-in fulls feature an asymmetrical shape and a super wide riding surface the combination of a straight edge lock-in cut on the inner side of the wheel and the conical cut profile on the outer side make for a wide and light wheel that locks into grinds anywhere. Lock-in fulls are available now on Formula 4 Urethane 99 Duro and 54, 55, and 58 millimeters. Don't miss out on the first round of lock-in fulls. You know some of our favorite shops such as Nine Times, Cassette, Second Nature, PLA, and Slam City have them in stock. Hit your local for the connect. And if they don't have them, tell them the bun sent you. It's time to load up. Spitfire. All right, Jake. Little rapid fire, bruv. Let's get it popping. All right. Favorite skater? Andrew Reynolds. Favorite video? baker 2g or manic marty favorite video part either reynolds in baker 2g or arto in manic marty hell yeah favorite style brian herman which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate i would say arto but i I obviously can't put myself in the same category but definitely like certain trick selection stuff like that definitely came from him hell yeah most talented skateboarder on planet earth ashad 100 percent favorite trick nothing better than a good old tray flip or a kick flip you know when you get one that smacks that's kind of good feeling so that's what i find myself doing the most 
Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not too familiar with uh, having a good tray flip or kick flip, but don't, don't lie. I've, I've seen your footage. I know you could do it. No, I, yeah, I can do them. Fine, I can do them, but it's just Donald. You know that's not my forte. A regular kick flip or tray flip, but yeah, I feel I've, you. I've done a, a handful in my life, so yeah, for sure. I respect it. Hardest trick for you? Impossibles. Most illegal trick? I'm gonna say something like a. Uh, 50-50 front shove or some shit like that. <laughs> oh, any, actually, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of no complies and shit like that either. I don't like any of these like no comply gimmicks, but I feel like Jake Johnson might kind of get the pass. He kind of gets the pass with anything. Okay, mm-hmm. well, riddle me this, nice guy. What about your boy, <laughs> Frankie, who just did the no comply fakey 5-0 half cap? <laughs> I'm a hubba. Oh, see... I mean, I fucking love that shit. It's Frankie. I love everything that Frankie does. And I mean, yeah, definitely got caught in my own my own shit right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess, that, yeah, I mean, there is a couple people. It's one of those things where like, is any trick illegal if the right person does it? You know, like I didn't exactly. like varial flips until I saw... The great debate. I didn't like varial flips until I saw Cyril Jackson do one and he caught it like a hard flip. And I was like, what the fuck was that? That was crazy. But mm-hmm. kind of made that trick look cool. So... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're right, though. Frankie doing that, too. Like, that is a, definitely another exception for me. But, yeah, I do feel like that kind of anybody can do any trick if it's done right. For sure. Mm-hmm. No, I was just busting your balls. I, I agree. Like, I'm not, like, a no-comply guy either. Like, I would never yeah. be able to do that. And I don't think it would look right if I did do that. But, like, <laughs> I'm the it, same. Looked, it looked awesome in his part. So For sure, yeah. He's He's got the flair. He's got the, the whole thing down. So, it, like, makes sense. And then you see Jake Johnson do, like a gnarly one over a bump to bar or something yeah, that probably yeah, yeah. shouldn't be like humanly possible but he, he mm-hmm. makes it happen yeah he can do anything he damn well pleases for sure <laughs> favorite clip you've ever gotten probably one of the back nose blunts dude my favorite was well the one in us in sydney was fucking so perfect but the style on the right away at the uh what's that school called oh the uci one yeah the uci one the swag of like the, the, I don't know. That was just incredible. But all three were dope. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. I feel like uh, the UCI one was like another one that I built up in my head and was like, this is going to be so gnarly to try. Like, I really just want to get this done. It's fucking UCI hubber, you know? Like, it's one of the most famous hubbers mm-hmm. in Southern California, if not, like, skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't really necessarily like the way I did it. I think I like the one in Sydney more. I think the way it slide a bit more of the hubber and it's just kind of a little bit more controlled but yeah i don't know they're both like they all kind of stand out and i'm all definitely stoked on all of them hell yeah worst trend you've been a part of um definitely wearing like girls jeans like tight jeans (laughs) for sure that's fucking dope i watched one of your older parts and the the pants were definitely tighter back then Dude, Joe Face sent me a photo of the day we met. I think it was like maybe nine years ago now or something. And I'm wearing like a DC sh- like DC shirt and then the tightest brown jeans. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, like, no. And I, I, I remember those jeans too and having feeling like I was having a gear crisis and picking those ones being like, yeah, these ones fit the best. This is the good ones. <laughs> Saw the photo and I was like, bro, like what were you thinking? Yeah. But everyone was doing it back then. So it was kind of the yeah. norm. <laughs> gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed jamie foy i probably can't really say too much about it but big gap to hubba in florida 
was a 6 a.m. session and to watch him like get down at 6 a.m. like this was actually one of the craziest things I've ever seen for sure. Wow. Yeah. You're probably top 10 gnarliest things you've ever witnessed are probably all him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's and it's it's so nonchalant as well. It's like a almost everyday occurrence. Madness. What's the one trick that got away? The one trick. There's a couple things that I've been trying to. I tried to tray flip the bump to bar in Miami that Tyshawn had the cover nolly backside flipping. Oh, damn. just recently. Um, like that's the probably famous the one, one. Like the one Tyshawn yeah, yeah. always skates. Yeah, front mm. and shit. Sick. Yeah, he nolly, nolly flipped it on the gram like that. He nolly flipped yeah. it on the gram like two days after I tried to tray flip it, and I was like, "The fuck am I doing <laughs> out here? Like this is stupid." <laughs> like he's literally doing the hardest tricks for Instagram, and I'm like struggling for this shit. But I, I would like to go back for it. It's for the Dickies video, so I'm definitely in the in the zone to go back for it for sure. Damn. Oh, yeah. Well, breaking news: we're doing our tray flip greatest tray flips of all time bracket coming right after the season so if you can get that done in the next two weeks maybe sick. it'll crack the top 16 dog sick that'd be nice i'd love to have that title of top 16 for sure <laughs> i already got you in the honorable mentions because your tray flips are <laughs> beautiful oh, i pre- i appreciate that thank you <laughs> what's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed it, it kind of goes back to me like i definitely went through that stage i'm, I'm a pretty big bunt at least back in the day I was. But, <laughs> bunter? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bunter for sure. The only other person I could think of who I definitely would not want to throw under the bus is Gabriel Summers. But at the same time, the, oh. shit, that that, the shit that that dude is trying is yeah. of the level to like, you, you might die. So like, yeah. I, I'd, I'd be doing the same shit too. Like, obviously, I don't know. I'm definitely not trying to throw him under the bus, but I've seen him bunt a couple times. But yeah, like oh. I said, I'd, I'd be doing the same shit. That's Gabbers, Bunt alum, legend. He's the best. Hell yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um, last new trick you learned? Um, Backtail 270s. Sick. I'm not much of a tech person, so I was definitely pretty stoked to learn a new ledge trick. Hell yeah. Was it on that uh, s- smooth Baker Boys ground or what? No, it was on that... Uh, that uh, El Sereno ground, the skate park ground. I don't know if you're familiar with which park that is. No, I don't think so, but it's some some perfect Cali slippery ground. Yeah, or what? just one of those yellow kind of street league-ish parks with oh. perfect oh, yeah, sharp yeah. metal ledges. I've been to that park, yeah. Dream job after skating. Shit, no job. Not trying to work after I'm done skating. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, I don't know, I'd like to... The dream would be to open up some type of animal sanctuary, like get a bit of land oh. and kind of just like care for animals that need the caring, you know? Like I don't want to go like become a vet or anything like that, but I would like to have the the place to be able to do that and like help animals and have people who can be a vet and help them out and do whatever. But I don't know, you just see so many like dogs and shit on the streets, dogs, cats, like all that sort of thing that like, they don't know what's going on. They don't know how to like get the help or whatever. And like, I don't know, I'd be down mm-hmm. to be that dude. I love animals and being around them and shit. So can't think of anything better to do after skating really. Damn, That's man. Dope, man. That's a beautiful dream right there. That's awesome. Be, I'd love to see that happen. Uh, hopefully one day for sure. Fuck yeah. The Hayes Sanctuary. That would be sick. I know my girlfriend's, my girlfriend's on board with it too. So maybe it'll happen sooner rather than later. Perfect. Wicked. Yeah. 
Favorite local brand? Sunday Hardware. Favorite local skater? Either Dane or Jack O'Grady. Favorite teammate ever? Fuck, there's so many people on New Balance and Dickies and all that shit. Let's go, let's go Jamie Foy just because we're teammates on every single company that we ride for except for <laughs> Bronson and Red Bull. Damn. Damn. So let's do, yeah, let's do that. All right, he's got to put in a word for you to come up on that Red Bull check, man. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know if I want to be wearing the Red Bull hat, though, so... Yeah. True, 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 true. But cashing the Red Bull check. Yeah. I mean, there's ways around it, I'm sure. Do you have yeah, to wear sure. the hat? <laughs> uh, I feel like, I mean, to get the big bucks, you probably have to wear the hat, but I'm sure that they have, like, other things. I saw Tori at one point was skating like the grip tape he had like a big red bull logo on his grip tape but hmm. he, he was probably still wearing the hat too at the same time so i don't know i don't know what their deals are he's notorious for the the tuker hat or whatever dude that goddamn sure. beanie he was wearing for a while yeah it has like <laughs> a huge logo on the side yeah falls off every try for real but fuck hats off to those dudes or hats on to those dudes i guess <clears throat> gotta, get, gotta, gotta get it while you can Ooh, 100 percent <laughs> Worst teammate ever? Um, I'm going to say the worst teammate would probably be whoever's not bringing grip tape on a trip. That shit's so annoying. You give away <laughs> a sheet of grip and then when it comes down to your last board, you got nothing left. Worst company? Um, I don't know, maybe like current day Blind or Dark Star or some shit like that. Yeah. Spicy. Obviously, those companies were sick back in the day, but obviously haven't really made the best moves over the past, I don't know, however long since maybe Blind What If came out or something like that. Yeah. Grant Patterson, man. Should have turned him pro after that one. Yeah, for fuck's he, was, sake. he that was, was a G for sure. Yeah, the best. <clears throat> that was a missed opportunity on their part. Definitely. Worst trend. Worst trend, um, safety hands. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan of the safety hands at all. I feel like they were going super crazy for a while, and mm-hmm. they're still around, but, yeah, we need to get rid of them altogether. Yeah, I'm like, at that point, it seems like you have enough, like, time or whatever to think about what you're doing when you land your trick. Like, it shouldn't really be like that, I don't think. No. But, <laughs> obviously, to each their own, people can do whatever they want, but it's definitely not something I'm super stoked on watching. For sure. Exactly. Worst style. Worst style. I don't know. It's so hard. Like, I don't know. Jason Park from Hawaii or whatever. Oh! His style is <laughs> pretty crazy. I don't know. I like, can't, can't really think of anyone. No, yeah. that works, man. All right, man. You're almost there. Last but not least. Last person you want on the sesh. I don't know. Maybe someone like... Someone wearing like earphones or some shit like that like that's kind of really frustrating i don't really have like a specific answer again i'm not really trying to throw people under the bus um (laughs) that's definitely something that's pretty annoying when you're at the park and people just have their earphones in and they're like don't really have a sense of their surrounding shit gets pretty annoying for sure for sure for sure safer headphones I'm guilty of that, but when I go by myself to skate, not with the homies, and I'm aware of my surroundings. Yeah. Remember when you people used to wear the over the head ones, like the oh yeah, fucking what is it noise canceling headphones at the goddamn skate park? Like yeah, I was um, actually talking to Foy. We just did a demo in um, T 
Texas for the opening of the new Dickies skate park. And uh, mm. I was like, how do you, like, do this? Like, how do you fucking skate in front of all these people and, like, not give a shit? And he's like, yeah, you know, like, sometimes I could just, like, put in earphones, especially when I'm at contests and stuff, just put in earphones and, like, just vibe out. And I'm like, all right, like, that makes sense. You're, like, really trying to vibe. Mm. And I thought about it and I was like, fuck, if I was listening to some, like, rap that I'm really into or something, I'd probably be super juiced as well and, like, probably skate better mm-hmm. than I've ever skated. But... I just have always been told, like, never wear earphones. Don't ever wear mm-hmm. earphones. Like, it's stupid, you know? And so I just never did. And then, yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do agree. I do feel like you can get, get some good vibes out of it for sure. Mm-hmm. I guess at a contest or a demo, it could make sense for sure. But with the homies? No, nah, definitely not with the homies. All right, dog. You made quick work of that, man. That's Rapid it. Fire was it was nothing for you. And uh, we thank you again for coming on the pod. That was awesome, dude. No, I I appreciate you guys for having me. Like I said, I'm st- super stoked to do it. Just uh, yeah, a little nervous at the same time, but glad we did it. Killed it, bro. Thanks for coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll fucking catch you one of these days in the streets. For sure, I'd love to make it up to Canada. Hopefully to Toronto, or actually anywhere in Canada at some point. So if I do, I'll keep you guys posted. Hell yeah, yes, man! Sir. Thank you. For sure. Let me know if you guys come to LA. We'll we'll get a session going at Baker Boys or something. Fuck yeah. Wicked. Oh, and last thing before we get out of here, major shout out to George, aka my boy Zools. Helped us out with some questions as well as a few of your other buddies. But Zools said he's listened to every episode and he's a big fan. So major props, George. Hopefully our paths cross one of these days as well. Welcome back to the post office brought to you by our good friends over at Dickie Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets, ain't nobody keep you fitted like Dickie's. Ghost, we got a lot of emails to get through, man. Let's get it popping. Who we got up first? You've got mail. All right, all right. Coming in first, Mark Pinenberg. Hey lads, just wanted to give a shout out to Christchurch, New Zealand's chosen one, Matthew Lucas, doing big things over in Melbourne. You might have already seen the Vans Australia You Reckon video. He had the back 180 nose grind back to forward for Dono and the switchback nose grind for the ghost to enjoy. Couldn't be prouder watching him go from the humble heel flip kid to making it into the mag of mags. So my question is, what was your biggest proud dad moment when you saw a homie win and it felt like you won too? Yeah, this one's super random, but it just popped into my mind. And because he said proud dad moment, so I was thinking at first like, oh, like Morgan turning pro or Morgan's first blind part or your first photo in a mag or Cody's first photo in a mag, stuff like that was popping into my head. But like we're all roughly the same age, so... It's not quite a dad moment, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So then I was thinking, like, anything Johnny Purcell's done over the years, always proud of him. But then a a super random one came to mind, and it was Kirk Roach at uh, an Am Getting Paid or Empire Open in Montreal. And I was up there in the judges' booth with my main man, fucking King of the County Craig and Tim O'Connor and stuff. And... uh, Kirk was like skating pretty good, but usually, I shouldn't say usually, but like sometimes he just doesn't put it all together in his run, right? But you see him landing everything in the warmups and between heats. And then he just went and fucking went ham, like kick front nose grind, this little hubba, 
fucking three flip 50 another hubba half gab flip the tabletop like he actually put his whole run together like big spin the double set and i was just losing my shit because he was like one of maybe two or three toronto homies there and uh i think we drove out together that year with chris shannon shout out and so he he killed it and then i just was like yo like making sure everyone was seeing because i think like a few people skate at once i was like yo did you guys see kirk like and they're like yeah he killed it and uh gave him a fatty score that he deserved and he ended up making top 10 which was guaranteed 500 bucks so even if he blew it in the finals the next day he got some money and uh that was a proud dad moment right there that's an awesome one man fucking kirk roach haven't seen him in forever um i'm an actual dad so i could pick any moment for my son um (laughs) Just the small little things, you know, when he gives the homies props and gave Safe a big hug last week and, you know, probably a little water to my eyes. But <laughs> as long as we're going down that road, my little man was Ryan DeRoche growing up and it came to a time in his skate career where, you know, it was time for Ryan to to get a shop sponsor. And I tried to force him onto the one that me and Safe ride for, a drift, which uh, <laughs> at the time probably really isn't Ryan's style. He's more of a, a blue tile guy. And he actually turned me down. Well, he said yes at first and then called me back a couple hours later. And I could hear it in his voice like he didn't want to say no, but he kind of, he knew he had to. So he ended up declining the option to ride for a drift and held out to ride for blue tile. And then when he actually got on blue tile, I just was so happy for the kid. It's something that he really wanted. And a lot of people in that scenario would say yes to anything that's offered to him and he was smart enough at a young age to be like no like it's not what i really want what i really want is to ride for boot house so proud dad moment <coughs> justin <ride>. david <coughs> he ain't got it like that justin <laughs> david okay that just reminded me of another proud dad moment and it was also with ryan deroche one of our absolute favorites we miss him because he lives in montreal but like uh, he's coming back for the summer yeah no i know i can't wait i can't wait but that was just another thing of him just doing his own thing it could have easily stayed in toronto but uh had to spread his wings but okay ryan was i don't think he'll be offended because it's the truth and we we can laugh about it now but he was the jib king when we were younger or like when he was younger he didn't even pop his board for the first two years i knew yeah was at first wasn't popping his board and then it was like nose grind reverts like one millimeter like not even putting weight on the ledge and then i remember like giving him a hard time for that and i was like yo bro like you got to start holding these grinds you get me and then fast forward like to the next summer or whatever and he's fucking holding some nice long back nose grinds the whole box at dunbat and i was so fucking hyped i was like let's go and uh ever since then he's been holding things you know what i'm saying Hmm. Gotta love seeing the kids grow up, man. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got an email from Nate Feldhaus. We need more skate beefs. Who you beefing with, or what beef do you want to see? Let me know. Shit, I was just beefing with plus skateboarding, and you know, had to go down to Detroit and put the fear of God in my man Rob. And uh, I think him seeing the size of. Me and some of the other Patty Kings, he kind of regretted the words of running through me. So, 
The beef is officially squashed, Rob, one of the sweetest men on earth, and all the homies in Detroit, man, like we said last week. Couldn't have gone to a better place, bro. Fucking love it down there in Rock City. Hell yeah. And best believe, we're already planning road trip number two later this summer. Can't wait. Uh, More beef and skating? Shit, man. I feel like uh, last week, Louis talking about toxic positivity. Uh, that's where I'm at these days, man. I'm just trying to stay out of the way and uh, keep it moving, man. Not trying to get fucking sucker punched or uh, canceled for some useless beef these days. A real skater hates in silence. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I didn't even know what I was talking about there. You could cut that out or leave it, but... <laughs> That, we'll go with that. Real skaters hate in silence. I love that. And it's so true. All skaters hate in silence. All right, next up, we got an email from Neil Doyle. Saifa Donnell, as a skater with a love for all things sport and true bun fashion, boxing is one of these sports I've always loved watching, but man, fuck those influencer tournaments. Quick question. Three fight cards, six boxers. Who do you want to see go at it in the skate world? Can be beef related or hilarity related. My example of a card: Weck versus Beeble headline, Austin Gillette versus Elijah Burrell co-main, Dustin Dolan versus Jeff Rowley for shits and gigs. Longtime listener, much love. Big up the Cork City skate scene in Ireland. Zine. Like Steve said, we're talking toxic positivity these days, and a classic example of someone writing in an email and answering it with the obvious question making us use our brains over here <laughs> um i'll go in one of those crazy russian style boxing fights mike Valelli rematch with the four jocks then i'll do Chris Markovich versus Rob Deerdick, the battle of the Carlsberg kickflip. Oh. Hopefully, uh, Rob Deerdick aged well and he's eating well, taking care of himself, and he can finally get the win that he deserves. And last but not least, I'll go Chris Cole versus Jamie Thomas. I don't know if there's any beef there, but I just think it would be hilarious, man. Wow. that That's heavy duty right there. For my main event, Let's call it the uh, skinny heavyweight. We're going to go Tyshawn Jones. See what he can do with them hands. Skater of the year. Can he fight, though, against Dante Jamahal? Uh, I don't know. Did he change his last name? Was it Dante Hill before? Am I tripping? I think so, yeah. Well, anyways, um, that would be a fun one. I think they both got super long reach. So who knows? both great skaters then for the co-main we're going Appleyard which one's bigger we'll find out against Colt Cannon you know a classic oh. circa one-two punch oh yes and then hmm last up for shits and giggles let's go with uh the vegan Ed Templeton. Let's see what the let's see what them arms can do against basically the farmer slash 
country man these days, Chad Muska. Couple legends, yo. Some toy machine Holy beef. Let's bring it back. Shit. <laughs> That's fucking insane. And I absolutely love it. Oh, and on the undercard, we'll do a little Knox Godoy versus Baby Scumbag. Oh! <laughs> wow. Oh, that was fun, man. Lots of box, lots of teammates that can go at it. You know what I mean? That's where the real shit lies, Bruv, man. Teammates. I hope we're we're team Knox, right? Like all day. I think the, I think yeah. the whole skate world wouldn't mind seeing baby scum get baby scum get knocked out. Fun email. All right. Next up, we've got an email from Daniel Snyder. What's up from Vermont? I know you guys have talked about doing nose grinds straight on versus from the side of a ledge. But do you guys think about doing crooked grinds straight on versus from the side? I saw some dude doing crooks straight onto the ledge and I thought it was gross and it didn't really count as a crooked grind. Damn near illegal. I feel like crooks that are done proper are done from the side of the ledge. Let me know what you guys think. Love the show. Um, I feel like people do especially back nose grind straight on just because it's easier. It's easier to keep the board straight. In no way would a crook straight on help you in any way. So I'm not going to say it's illegal, but I don't really see people doing that ever. So it's a weird one for sure. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. You done lost your mind, my guy. What the f are you talking about? Are you serious? What the fuck is illegal about a straight on crooks? You telling me Rob Deerdick's last trick in a DC video is illegal? Like, how the fuck are you supposed to crook a step up ledge? And there's nothing wrong with doing a crook straight on if you want to just grind something a little longer. Like this one, I think you're you're thinking too hard on it, man. Uh, a crook straight on is perfectly fine. Uh, unless it's on a flat bar, then I'd probably just call that a nose grind. But mm -hmm. like. Think about a step-up ledge. Like, what the? F what are you supposed to do? Just not crook it because you think it's illegal? <clears throat> like, think about. Remember OG OG bench at uh, Skate Loft, like mm -hmm. the Tetra one with the coping. Like, yep. we're all just crooking that thing straight on because it's short. Like, it is what it is. Um, I've never thought about that ever. I think you're tripping on this one. Glad you love the show. Hopefully, you don't hate me, but. Uh, Gotta call you out on that one, my guy. Half gap crooks straight on too. Same shit. Pop shove crooks, anything. Yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Appreciate the email. All right, next up, we got an email from Nate Milstein. Hey, safe and Donald. Can you mention some illegal behaviors that are not tricks? Mm. You've talked about the move where you land a trick and hit your front wheels on the ground during the roll away like you're mad. Or the guy who throws his board, bunting an impossible tech trick. One example I thought of is this guy trying a kickback tail, for example, and doesn't get close at all, but while he's riding away, mimes the motion of a kickback tail with his hands while nodding to let everyone know he's learning it for the first time. What else you got? <clears throat> Yo, honestly, that one... That one can be whack, and I, I completely, like, the way you described it, yeah, I get it. Like, someone's bunting, and then they start doing it with their hands. But I swear sometimes that one's a real thing. I feel like I definitely do that every once in a while. Ah! No, no, but it's not, not, it's not like... You're doing it in Detroit. Switch oh, yeah. in your hands. Yeah. No, but you know, uh, there's, a, there's a big difference between 
punting a trick and doing that so that people think you're better than you mm-hmm. are. Like, oh, that guy's trying a switch tray. I can tell by his hands. Switch tray front crook. Fakey flip. Yeah. And just like being like scared of a trick or trying a Manny for hours and just like being frustrated. And it's just kind of like therapeutic sometimes when you just do that. It's just like, ah, I just need to fucking... Like you just, it's just like people that talk with their hands a lot. Like our good friend Tommy, ex- explaining seed oils, <laughs> the industrial revolution. <laughs> like sometimes when you're skating, you're just skating back to like where you're coming from. No fucks given about if people are looking at you or not, and you just fucking do the motion with your hand. I think I don't think that one's illegal unless you're doing it in the kooky way you mentioned, and it's definitely kooky. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've I, it's something that we've all done, which is the the issue here. You know what I mean? There's not one person out there that hasn't motioned with their hands. Like it just is what it is. Obviously, the most obvious one is the headphone guy. If you're my homie and we're skating together and you have headphones on, I absolutely hate it. But if you're like someone skating by yourself and you're rocking headphones, I appreciate that because then you're not gonna try to talk to me. <laughs> um, one person I actually like kind of hated the skate park is this just happens especially at indoor parks where there's like one clear path of where like everyone's skating the guy who thinks he's like the choreographer of the whole session when he'll like give you the hand for like it's your turn to go or be like point at someone else at the other side of the skate park like we know what the order is okay like damn bro uh, that one bothers me um fuck another illegal behavior or like a funny kooky thing Mm -hmm. we've talked about this one before but i love the little um two-wheel power slide like we've shared some of those in our insta group chat like where you land a trick and you're feeling nice and you do a little baby back two-wheel skid you just give it a little you're feeling all Yo, nice. Honestly, there's nothing better than going over a hip and hitting a little yeah. when you first get to the park. <laughs> I'm so self-conscious of all these little behaviors now, but that one just feels so damn good. I have to do it, man. Yo, was it? Did this? I think this happened to me. I remember we were joking about that, and then I went to Ashbridge's, and I tried to do one at the top of the A-frame, but I was going so slow that my wheel actually didn't go over. And I actually yeah, he did it fucking early. died because like, my wheel didn't clear the A-frame and I just went flying. And I just couldn't believe it because we'd just been talking about it and I was trying to be funny. Uh, fuck. <clears throat> Gotta love those. Gotta love it. Oh, did you... Do you still have it on? You probably deleted it. You delete everything on your phone. But I, f- I swear you filmed me do a couple in, when we were in New York just for shits and giggles. That never saw the light oh, of yeah. day. Next up, we've got an email from Aired Nesbit. Yo, Bunt, what is your best feeling trick, best looking trick, and overall favorite trick? Also, do you just go off the dome for rapid fire, or do you have a list? Like the worst memory of all time. I definitely break out the list. Even when I know the next one, I still read it. (laughs) Okay, first up, we'll do best feeling trick. Best feeling trick? Hmm. Man, easy for me. The best feeling trick is just the flawless switch banny. Something about it, man. Yeah, that's a good one. For me, let's go with... uh, I always love fakey 5-0s and switchback nose grinds. 
Something about just mm. grinding. Like switch nose manis, I love. So just grinding in that switch nose mani. Basically any way. Mm. But fakie 5-0s and switchback nose grinds all day. Best looking trick? I would say... Either like back 180 fakie 5-0 back to regular. Or in like the same type of trick. Half cab front nose grind revert. One of those, oh, right? Like those look sick. 180 grind, then back to regular. Fuck, man. I don't know. I feel like that's it's hard because we're not looking at ourselves skate. It's like someone else would have to answer that. Um, I liked my switch nose grind in uh, on that London hubba because it was so high. I had to like switch ollie as high as I possibly could, and then my back foot like went tweaked because I had to go super high. So that one sticks out i guess proper and then overall favorite trick switch tray switch tray oh we'll go flat ground good idea nollie flip for show nollie flip all right next up we got an email from craig k what up dingle bunts you guys have any spots you won't skate or tricks you won't try anymore because you or a homie got hurt real bad trying it. For me, it's varial heel flips. My brother and I were trying to learn them back when we were like 10 years old. We were just skating flat ground and then he got credit carded so bad. Oh. Board to the crotch, feet not touching the ground, popsicle style. You feel me? It split his nutsack open and he had to get it oh. stitched up. Holy crap. Ape was pissed. 24 years later, I still got the board he was riding that day on my wall as a reminder. Jesus Christ. Craig from Barrie, Ontario. Bro, burn that Sick, board. What the hell? Barrie in the fucking house. <laughs> Legendary skate park out there. Um, I don't skate rails anymore, man. I lost my front tooth skating a rail. I was uh, When I was younger, I guess I would do like board side and no sides on rails. I didn't. I was kind of like really getting into it a little bit and then felt too comfy one day tried to hop on a board side back foot fell off right to my face lost my front tooth so i pretty much wrapped that up yeah shit. definitely remember that session that sucked oh i don't do lip slides anymore it was a similar thing um I just kind of get like air feet sometimes. I don't have control over them. Like I'd rather just do a Smith grind because you have to 180 less. And we were skating a bike rack off a ledge back in the day. And I blame Johnny Tang for this because we got there and he tried Smith right away. But that's what I wanted to try. I was like, ah, shit, I'm not going to Smith it. So I guess I'll try lip slide. And then my foot, back foot didn't come with me. Or like the board didn't stay attached to my back foot. And it was a bike rack, so I didn't want to like mess my feet up in the rack. So I just let my body fly past it completely straight to the fucking jaw or like under my chin, broke my jaw, blood everywhere, rushed to the hospital. Um, yeah, you'll never see me do a lip slide. Maybe on a flat bar if I'm feeling like super confident and I got a fresh sheet of grip, but fuck lip slides. Bike racks too, man. I don't seen enough shit go wrong on fucking bike racks to know I don't need to be there. <laughs> Thanks for the email. We got a quick one here from Steven Salazar. Hello, Bunt Boys. 
Would you rather pee out a marble or poop out a softball? Jesus Christ, yo, I heard. Obviously haven't had knock on wood. But what are those stones you can get that you have to piss out? Like uh, kidney stones or something like that? Yeah, kidney stones. The little the, the stall built up. Bro, I heard it is so painful to piss those out. And when they come out, you can't even see the fucking thing. Yeah, no. So I'm going to... I'm, I'm like, with you. I'm with you. I'm definitely going... Like peeing out a marble <laughs> would be tough. But dude, the size of a softball coming out of your ass... There's no right answer here, Steve. Like, but at least we know. That's the size of a baby's head, bro. Well, maybe not. Yeah, but at least... It's still way too big to come out of your anus, man. Bro, we've seen some wild shit go out of some <laughs> asses on the internet. I just feel like I might be able to push it out my ass easier than... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Suspect? Yeah. I mean, me and Dono have never watched any uh, nudity on the internet, but we've heard that like some big things go in and out of there sometimes. So, so what are you choosing? I'm choosing poop out a softball all day, man. Are you kidding me? A marble? Oh, oh your ass, bro. Well, yeah, okay. And then pee out a marble then. See how that goes for you. Yeah. Uh, Guess team softball over here at the bunt. We ain't happy about it, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that one, Steven. You bastard. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the post office for this week. Keep getting your emails and voice notes into the bunt live at gmail.com. Only one episode remains. So we'll be picking the best of what's left and then. That's it, baby. Season 17, Post Office. It's a wrap next week. This is the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. Ghost, we are inching closer to the finals in the NHL and the NBA. I honestly thought we would be in the finals when recording this Sunday afternoon. But the Celtics... Just like you like to call them, the cockroach that they are, won't go away. Bro, absolutely devastated. It's a Sunday afternoon. The Heat-Celtics game was last night, game six. Just absolutely brutal, man. And the crazy thing was me and Max were watching it. And at first, cause we, we had dinner or whatever, and, and so we turned it on with like six minutes left, and we're like... Ah, fuck, they're down 10, like, whatever. I guess it'll be a quick and painless ending. Let's just watch this. And then Jimmy Butler starts going on the foul line. And we're like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. We've seen this movie before, games four and five in the Milwaukee series, coming back from double digits down in the fourth. And then all of a sudden, Duncan Robinson's bitch ass takes two hero threes. One of them, the first one, Mm -hmm. was acceptable. They were down three, clean look. I'll take that. Um, wish he tied it there. But then the next one, you're fucking down one in transition with plenty of time, and you don't get the ball back to Jimmy Butler. That one really pissed me off. Um, but then Jimmy gets fouled on the three and fucking takes the lead with uh, 2.1 left. The refs, Heat fans are livid. 
the refs give them three seconds but if you look at the replay the refs start calling the foul with like 2.7 2.8 seconds left then we all know what happened from there marcus smart misses the turnaround three and i was so happy they ran the play for him because i was like yo marcus smart donde la break city and he did miss it but fucking Struess looked like he kind of fell asleep on Derek White, so he comes crashing in from the corner. And, um, yeah, gets it in with .1 left. So if they had put .2 or 2.8 or 7 seconds, like it looks like they should have, the Heat still would have won. But the goddamn cockroach Celtics survived to see another day, and I'm extremely shook. But... I will say Jimmy Butler, we all know he's a little crazy. I think he he might just be the right kind of crazy and delusional to actually be able to bounce back from that. Like most players would probably, it was like when uh, the Spurs lost back in the day to the Heat after the Ray Allen shot. Like after Ray Allen hit that shot, it's like the souls of the, the Spurs left their bodies and it was just over before the last game. But this time, I think Jimmy Butler's crazy enough to fucking actually put up a fight in Game 7. We'll see. They lost in Game 7 last year. Everyone knows how that went. I believe that was in Miami. Jimmy Butler took that goddamn transition three where everyone was like, yo, you should have taken Horford to the paint and got a foul or whatever. Anyways, I think, I don't think it's over, but it's going to be tough. Game 7 in Boston, man. Fucking cockroach Celtics. I do think Jimmy Butler is the right type of psycho to be able to compartmentalize yeah. what just happened and move on to the next. And like you alluded to, the biggest thing for me was I turned on with four minutes left and they're down ten. They weren't they shouldn't have even been in the game. Like it was such a small portion of that fourth quarter where the hope was just building and building and building. And then they finally got there and then for it to explode, which was uh I don't know, that must have been a tough building to walk out of after for Heat fans, but that's a part of the playoffs, I guess. Like, I know all about fucking disappointments, and let me just harden you, bro. Harden you as a fan, and Heat fans will be better for it going into Game 7. They got nothing to lose now. Up three. Now the Celtics are working on the reverse sweep. Um... Well, this yeah. is why we watch sports. The two greatest words in all of sports, man. What are they? Game seven. And here we are. Are we just so fucking lucky? <laughs> like, they're going again on what is it? Tuesday night? Monday night? Whatever it is. Monday night. By the time you hear this, you'll know the outcome. And I think last week we promised y'all we'd get the legend Nick Katz on to talk heat. But if you know Nick and you saw his Insta story last night... He was at the game, I believe. I'm sick about tonight. Don't talk to me for a while, was his Insta post. And uh, I hit him up just as a courtesy to make sure he didn't want to come on the pod. And he he respectfully declined. Uh, we were expecting to have him on and be celebrating the Heat going to the finals. But um, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. The, the most frustrating thing about this whole series is that, dude, I've had a horrible feeling in my gut ever since they were up 3-0 like because anyone who like watched the NBA this year knows the Celtics are just a better team than the Heat you know they barely fucking made the playoffs 
and then they found they go on this Cinderella run. So going up 1-0, I was like, okay, this is gonna be a long series, but the Celtics are gonna win. Then 2-0, I'm like, okay, the Heat actually have a chance. And then going up 3-0, I was like, all right, I finally started to like let my guard down. But when the Celtics won Game Four, all these nightmare scenarios popped into my head, and uh, we're here now. These fucking cockroaches, man. I wish I put all my money on the Celtics to win the series when it was 3-0 because I just had that feeling of not being able to relax because it's weird watching the better team lose three times in a row. Like, I thought this Mm -hmm. series was going to be Celtics in five, maybe six. And to me, that would have been a successful season for the Heat, you know? But then they tease you into like, oh, now they should win. And now these fuckers, like, have all the confidence and I can only imagine the momentum they're feeling right now going back home for game seven. So Jimmy, I hope you have the game of your fucking life. Uh, we're rooting for you hard here at the bunt, man. Dude, this is why this Celtics team never really fully completes the job, man. Cause they do things like yeah. lose the first three Insane. games to the heat. Like what are you guys doing, man? And then even letting the game get as close as it did at the end of the yeah. the fourth there, like that should have never come down to that. Real like shit. your life should have never been on the line having white inbound to smart put up a three to white with the putback. Like that shouldn't have been the ending to that game. But like yeah. this is what the Celtics do. They Bro. make things extremely hard on themselves. This year especially, but that's why I call them the cockroach Celtics. I always be rooting against them and they just fucking find ways. Like last year, game one against Brooklyn. Brooklyn looks like they have it in the bag on the road. And Tatum has that wild spinning layup to win it at the buzzer, and then they go on to sweep them. Yeah. It's always fu- like, doesn't it just feel like when you're rooting against someone, it's that's good. They're better. They There's always the just some crazy shit that goes down. Like all my years rooting against LeBron, just like mm-hmm. so hard <laughs> to fucking beat him. It ain't over till it's over, man. Like we said, Jimmy Butler is crazy enough to fucking just win Find a game a seven. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Vincent's feeling a hundred percent by next game because they really need him. He was putting up seventeen a game, man. In Bro, the and these refs are out of their damn minds. Like some of those calls towards the end of that game, like the call on on Vincent, his fifth foul. Oh my god, that was so trash. What in the world? Like you're standing right there. Yeah, that I was hate crazy. That shit. But. On the flip side, the Denver Nuggets are just resting up, licking their chops. Um, dude, let's not forget the Celtics lost two games to the Hawks in round one. That should have been a sweep, legit. And then fucking we're down 3-2 to Philly. And now this, like, they just keep making it harder on themselves. But I don't know. I just I think Denver is the best team, and there's, like, a decent margin there. So I think they should be able to handle whoever comes out of the East. But... Um, I don't know, like, Steph Curry game four was what it took to fucking kill these bastards last year, you know what I'm saying? And that was, like, one an all-time great performance, so we'll see who can end these goddamn Celtics, man. Dude, this is the best, the most rested, and the by far healthiest version of the Nuggets Woo! we've ever seen in the playoffs. And the fact that they're just sitting at home... Watching these two duke it out. It's a funny question for you. Would you rather have played the Heat coming off a sweep 
or the Celtics taking it to seven and playing this the Celtics after a game seven win. Those are going to be exhausted. <clears throat> I'm going to say, because there is still a decent um, gap. I can't remember when game one of the finals is. It's June 1st, they say. June 1st. So normally I'd say maybe the Celtics, or sorry, um, the Heat, just because they're the less talented team, the Heat with rest. Like, I just think Denver's better, body for body. And then it would be crazy to just see that Cinderella story keep going. But um, the problem with the Celtics, even after a long, grueling series, is that if they do this, they're literally making NBA history something I wasn't planning on seeing anytime soon coming back from 3-0. <laughs> so the momentum yeah. that they would be feeling if they do win Game 7, like, that's going to be hard to contain. They're going to come into the finals on some like historic run and off last year's loss like i feel like the celtics are gonna be fucking better for it you know what i mean they're gonna have two days off and then they're gonna have to fly to denver basically so they'll have a little bit of rest yeah and they're younger so well horford might not be able to breathe in denver his old ass but (laughs) you gotta have one of those fucking nfl oxygen we need Jamal Murray to bring back the fucking Larry O'Brien to fucking Kitchener, Ontario, man. Let's go. That's crazy. So, official prediction. Cockroaches or the Heat? My gut That's says what Celtics the C win. stand for now. That's my gut says Celtics win. for cockroaches. Yeah. My gut says Celtics win, but my heart says Heat all day. So, I'm going with the Heat. Fuck Tatum and his swagless ass and all them boys. Absolutely. I'll be cheering on the heat as well, man. Let's go, Miami. Make it happen. Quick word on the NHL, man. The absolute rats that they are, the Florida Panthers, have taken out the three seed, the two seed, and the one seed. Wow. On their way to the Stanley Cup Finals, they made quick work of the Carolina Hurricanes. The... The coach for Carolina, absolute legendary NHLer Rod Brindamore, came to the press conference trying to explain how losing the series 4-0 wasn't a sweep because all four games were close. (laughs) I hate to break it to you, brother. It was rough, and a lot of it was in OT, and all of it was by one goal. Wow. Four is four, baby. Wow. That's devastating. the Florida Panthers move on. What an absolute insane run. They got that fucking dog, Kachuk, looking like one of the best players in the NHL. And Sam Bennett, who is an absolute goon right now. Uh, Florida Panthers, man, not going to be an easy out for anyone, especially with the way Sergei Bobrovsky's playing in net. It absolutely looks like the second coming of a young Dominic Hasek and Patrick Waugh combined. Maybe even a little broder. He's doing everything and anything, man. But your Vegas Golden Knights, they went up 3-0. Oh, what? Let's and go. now they've lost two straight oh, to Dallas. No. The Dallas is looking to perform the exact same reverse sweep. Game six, going down tomorrow night. Does Vegas seal the deal or what? Where Where's the game happening? The game is back in Dallas, I believe. Yo, my Vegas... <clears throat> brothers are about to fucking make it happen on the road 
We ain't down for that game seven stress. Vegas nights end it tomorrow. Vegas and Dallas for the chance to play the Florida Panthers in the finals. Probably will end up being one of the worst rated Stanley Cup finals of all time. Obviously, no Canadian team even sniffed the conference finals again. Wow. The drought continues for Canada. We got to uh, we got to figure something out up here north of the border, man. <clears throat> Vegas Knights win tomorrow and then win the Stanley Cup final in six games. That's your prediction. Yep. All right, you heard it here first. I'm gonna. I can't go against Florida now. Like just the way they're playing, they're grinding it out, doing everything they can to get the win, keeping it close, and then hitting them with the kill shot. They scored the game winner in Game Four to finish the sweep with four seconds left in the third period. Like just oh. the worst gut punch to Carolina. Thought they would like you know sniff out another OT. Oh, just fucking devastating, man. Damn. But the greatest time of sports other than the NFL playoffs is when the NHL and the NBA are just absolutely rolling at the same time. And, and this is it, man. The weather's beautiful. We're heading into the finals. Life doesn't get better than this, man. Wait, yo, last year, quick last thing. <clears throat> I mean, last week, did we even talk? Was the Lakers series already over? Tough to say, man. My brain was in a different place coming back from Detroit and recording it up. Yeah, I can't remember. But, oh no, it happened when we got back because me and Mitch watched it in Toronto. Yes. So, I just got to do a little cele- um, celebration on the pod. LeBron, <laughs> you got swept. You scrub of pain. <clears throat> Anthony Davis, you fucking piece of shit. Austin Reeves, fuck. you swagless motherfucker, thinking you're nice. D'Lo, oh my god, you're pure oh. trash. Rui, you earned yourself some money. Reeves as well. Uh, fucking Malik Beasley, couldn't get off the bench. Bunch of scrubs over there. Darvin Ham, happy for you. Um, keeping your job probably for a couple more years. And uh, yeah, peace out to the Lakers. Denver all day. Big things I go on. Yo, we've been talking about the Nuggets for years, man. More than the fucking national media. Fucking always. Yo, do you see that shit? Like, the Lakers lose. Denver's going to the finals for the first oh time God, in franchise history. And all they're filming LeBron is LeBron. And LeBron this, LeBron that. Like, yo, bro. Jamal Murray. KCP, ex-Lakers, shitting on his boys. Fucking Michael Porter. Jokic. Fucking Dude, some of those Bruce threes Brown. that Jokic hit. Oh my god And no fucking Lonnie Walker game to save you now LeBron <laughs> Yo that um, yo, that Joker 3 Jesus Christ the backbreaker I think, of backbreakers I, I think Joel Embiid Needs to pack that MVP trophy up And fucking personally deliver it back to the Joker Man to be honest with you Yeah man Embiid man That's another story for another day But that fool he just that ain't built pathetic. like that. And then he comes out and says that him and James Harden can't do it all together by themselves. Like, what that's, fucking game were they watching? Bro, that's the type of shit where you lose fans. Like, I always have his back because he's from Cameroon and so is my dad. But <clears throat> that, that shit, when you can't take accountability year after year after year, and it becomes a trend that in these press conferences you're blaming other people, I can't back that, man. And you and Harden played like absolute trash. P.J. Tucker, 
like was the only one who showed up in the first quarter um yeah that was that was disgraceful man so look yourself Terrible. in the mirror but uh yeah we celebrating the nuggets around here and we celebrating the demise of the lakers mason that's right you bitch yeah next Whoa. week mason and davis let's get it we gotta end the season with a fun post office man and some finals predictions mm-hmm. all right y'all that's gonna wrap up this week's up we'll see y'all next week for the finale of season 17. Mm-hmm.